Hi there. This is Joel Greenberg, author of A Feathered River Across the Sky, The Passenger Pigeon's Flight to Extinction. And you're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. It's so good. Last week, by accident, I happened to be up in Canada, and I was coming back down across the border, and they stopped me at the Canadian Customs and Immigration. They stopped me going out. Huh. I could see stopping me coming in, you know, but I don't know. I guess if you look like me now, they stop you no matter which way you're going. So, anyway, I was up there, and I was stopped, and they were going through my papers behind the glass booth, and I was the only one stopped. Everybody else was, sure, go right on ahead. And it was like late at night, I was sitting there alone. And while I was sitting in there waiting... Just by accident, I happened to be singing this song to myself. You know what? Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow, yeah. And all of a sudden, a guy comes flying out the booth. He tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, sir, but what's that you're doing, eh? I looked at the guy and said, hey, I'm singing a song. He said, I know that, sir, but what language is that song in? I said, what language? It's in American! And I looked at him, and I suddenly realized this guy was about 20 years old, probably just out of school. And this, was, this was his first job, and he didn't know what an inch was. I suddenly realized, I suddenly realized this was no Dingleberry folk song I was singing. I suddenly realized this song was significant. This song was about something. This song was about the last spot, about the last bastion, about the last place where we still have the poetry of mile after mile in our lives. And not kilometer after kilometer. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are Right. Right? Ho, ho, ho. So here we are. This is uh, this is what happens when you get past uh, Thanksgiving. Where, where's your top hat? Oh, thank you. So for anybody who's watching us on Facebook, on uh, they, the, it doesn't go well with the headsets. Hold on, it's a look. Ow! Ow. <laughs> careful, careful. Now I got to duck down. There we go. If I do it like this. Well, so if you're watching us on Facebook at the go. Mike Novak That's Show, the full regalia. Oh well, take there a photo we are. here. Yes, I'm I'm willing to post for the people. In, in the studio here. Okay. All righty. And, and we got to get you with Skeet with a top hat on later on, I think. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, that is our buddy Skeet from Bartlett, tree experts. It must be time to talk tree care. 
877-711-5611 or uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Instagram or any of that cool stuff. Hold on. And if you're watching us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show, please do us a favor. Like it, share it, start a watch party, and like the page. Yes. And by the way, a tribute to uh, uh, my buddy Dan Costa from Vern Growers Greenhouse in Hinsdale. He said, uh, when are you going to – hey, he, he, he said – complimented me on a song the other week and then said, are you going to play uh, Arlo Guthrie, the garden song? I went, the garden song, Arlo Guthrie. And then I listened to it and I said, oh, yeah, I know that song. But what I didn't know was that part – the bit we played at the top of the show, he did a PBS special in 1987 or thereabouts and did that little riff on inch by inch, row by row. So that's uh, thank you, uh, Dan Costa. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking trees today. We'll be right back. When it comes to tree care, it's all about the science. Well, there's love and history and family, too. But you definitely want the best science for your trees. That's why you should contact Bartlett Tree Experts at Bartlett.com. With 120 offices around the world, including Canada, England, and Ireland, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world. Their work is backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories in North Carolina. They pioneered integrated pest management or IPM in the 1970s, introduced the first organic fertilizer, and now Bartlett is the first and only tree care company to research the benefits of biochar on urban soils and tree health. At the same time, they're focused on you and your needs, meaning that they'll do the right thing for your tree and you. Put science to work for your trees. Get a free estimate today because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no-brainer. Your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com. This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves, and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, band-aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection. Offer a smile or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world a little better for a little while. 
Slug by slug, weed by weed, boy, this garden's got me teed. All the insects come to feed in my tomato plants. Sunburned face, skinned up knees. I hate this next line. The kitchen's choked with zucchinis. Shopping at the A&P's Next time I get to change All together now Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. What are you laughing at? You just saw something Oh, yes, on Facebook. Mike looks like Scrooge's well-adjusted cousin. <laughs> well, uh, that might maybe so. Of course, I need the hat. It's always about the hat. And again, if, if, sorry for you folks just listening on the radio, because I got the jingle bells, I got the hat, I got the cravat. You're and, styling. And I got skeet. We're loving life. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and as a matter of fact. And we have oh, bagworms. And we got bagworms. <clears throat> because skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts uh, always, not always, but often brings in visual aids. For yes. Us when we talk trees. And. It's amazing that you've got this stuff because we've had hard freezes, we've had snow, um, we've had wind, we've had all kinds of stuff as we lurch towards winter. Um, so what do you want to tell us? I, I see you got bagworms here. They're not live like they were last year when you brought them in, are they? Correct. What we want to talk about is people think in the dormant season that uh, – we go to sleep, the trees go to sleep, and there's not a lot of activity out there. The dormant season is a season for tree care, and that season includes inspection. And without the leaves on the trees, we can uh, inspect the trees at a different level. We can look for insects and disease, and sometimes that confuses um, some people of what what are we looking for. And, and we've got some samples right here of bagworms on spruce trees we can identify in the winter. We've got magnolia leaves and magnolia branches, and we can see the scale on the magnolia tree. And uh, last year we had a little bit of fun. We're looking at magnolia leaves with mm-hmm. a lot of black. People interpret that as fungus on the leaves, and that's actually where the magnolia scale eats the nutrients it deposits, and that's a code word for poops, the sugars. And the sugars become the sooty mold and it turns the leaves black and that attracts the bees. And so we can look at the magnolia trees with the black leaves on them. They're holding their leaves a little bit. So those are a couple items we can look at. We can also look at ash trees with emerald ash borer and look for exit holes and woodpecker damage. You mean once uh, some of the leaves have dropped, but you can see them. But but you can see them on the trunk as well, right? Well, depending, Mike. You're right. Um, Sometimes in a lower canopy of the tree, um, the trunk is bigger. We don't see that type of action. We see the activity in the top parts of the tree, the smaller branches, and that's hidden by the leaves. Yeah. And so once we lose the leaves. The dormant season is a season for tree care, and that includes pruning oaks and elms. Oaks and elms <laughs> need to be pruned in the dormant season. Explain why, because it, and and this is really important for oaks yeah. and and elms. Absolutely, and, and some municipalities have ordinances you can only prune oaks and elms at a certain time of the year. So it's something to uh, call and ask your local municipality. And if you have an oak and elm, now's the time to get calling. Uh, oak trees have a possibility of oak wilt, and that vector is carried by a beetle. And so that beetle is dormant in the 
winter time, dormant season, and Dutch elm disease mm-hmm. can be transferred again by a beetle carrying the disease. And um, that beetle is dormant in the winter time, so we want to do the pruning of oaks and elms in the dormant season, generally uh, that uh, December to end of March, April time frame. Are any of the oak species more uh, apt to to have the beetle attracted to it, or does it kind of hit all of them? It it, it can hit all of them. Um, Great question, Peggy. Uh, The red oaks are more susceptible than the white oak family. Mm -hmm. So there's two basic families, the red oak family with the pointed leaves and the white oak family with the rounded leaf margins. Yes. And so the burr would be in the white oak. Burr would be in the white oak family. And the white oak is in the white oak family. The swamp white oak is in the orange oak family. No, white oak family. <laughs> you, were yes. doing, you were doing so well there, Peggy. And, <laughs> and, and it was just leading just, you just, forward. And I was reaching for the bell. There you go. Yes. Uh, and one of the things that's been going on here and probably other parts of the Midwest uh, is we had this thing, Peggy and I were talking about it last week, and it seems to have resolved itself, and you actually sent out a newsletter. Uh, I get your newsletter, and you wrote about the leaves being held on to the trees. Uh, we had a, a, a freeze here, a couple of hard freezes, and there were still a lot of leaves left on the trees, and people were saying, well, what's going on here? Why is that happening? And you had a wonderful explanation uh, in your newsletter. Why don't you tell us all about it? Well, thank you. Yes. Um, as the, the petiole attaches to the branch, and there's a bud close okay, okay. underneath. The petiole is the stem, basically, of the leaf. Correct. Yeah, so that's what's attached to the the branch or yeah. the, or the yeah. twig, whatever you've yeah. got there. Yeah. And and that conducts the, the sugars and the nutrients and the, and the water getting from the little roots up to the leaves. And as the tree starts to go dormant, there's a natural process of the chlorophyll coming out of the leaves. And as that comes down the fibrous petiole into the branch, mm-hmm. that naturally with, um, breaks down and then that drops off the tree. Now, there's some trees like oaks, uh, beech trees that'll hold their leaves, and that's all normal. That's all Mother Nature hard at work, and that, that's okay. That's, that doesn't mean the tree's they, sick They or wait till you've already cleaned out the gutters, and then they drop them. Exactly. Yes. Pear trees just mm-hmm. wait. They just stand there, sit there, and they wait till, till you're cleaned up, and then they drop. So uh, <laughs> uh, you can count on— But there on... are other trees like that, too. Yeah. And, and like oaks, I've got yeah. a, a cornice mass that does kind of hmm. the same thing. Exactly. Although— yeah. Yeah. This week it went brump, and they all just came brump right yes. off. So why did that happen? Yes. Well, this this last week we were very very fortunate. I mean, we it's been a, a frustrating weather year without a doubt, and yet this last week we had that light rainfall with a light wind, and that was enough to gently pull down a lot of those leaves. Uh-huh. Uh And that that was fantastic for the trees. Uh, we've had some storm damage. We've had broken limbs, split limbs. We've had that first wet, heavy snowfall with the leaves on the trees. Yep. Um, that caused a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so dropping of these leaves, getting reducing that sale effect uh, was fantastic for the trees. But how, how, is, how does uh, nature overcome the uh, desire of the tree to hold on to those leaves because there was there's like a, a cellular thing that happens with it that as you were just explaining yeah um and so what is it why didn't 
okay, so the 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 uh, the freeze interrupted that process, basically, right? Absolutely, yes. All right, yes. Uh, and at some point, then, does the tree just um, give up the leaf as we move down the road? Because uh, it, it, it's eventually going to do it anyway. Gravity and everything else is going to play a role. Exactly. That, that's exactly what happens. We'd like that to happen sooner than later. And the trees that drop their leaves naturally sooner were holding on to their leaves, and that's unnatural for those types of trees. So it makes them more susceptible to storms and wind damage and snow and ice. Yeah. And, and that uh, again, that light rain with a little bit of wind dropped a lot of leaves. As we drive around now, we look mm-hmm. that's that situation is is uh, not prevalent like we saw two weeks yeah. ago. Now you miss the opportunity because, as Scott said in his newsletter, when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, you could say, "Yeah, it's uh, the morescence is uh, causing the problem in the trees there." And uh, but now you can try it for Christmas hey, when they hey, ask it. But they'll have, they'll have forgotten about yes. that. We'll be in a snowstorm, and then nobody will care. Yes, the Skeets point. tree friends were uh, having some fun with that. <laughs> did they did they write and tell you about that? Did they throw it out at their uh, their relatives at uh, over things? You know that better that than politics. I got to tell you, absolutely. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, morescence. Yeah, I was uh, checking out the morescence on my back trees. The, the... It was a great year for morescence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what kind of a year? All right. Uh, what kind of a year was it for, for color? I had the feeling in this area I, I did not see as much color. I know that there were colorful trees. I did see colorful mm-hmm. trees. Uh, what reports are you hearing about that? That that was this fall. Yeah, this D- fall. Did I miss it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a yeah. lot of snow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of got busy and blinked, and I, I, yeah. I missed the fall of this year. Uh, th- this year, um, there are certainly some trees that will uh, be prevalent to show off. The the blaze maples. Mm-hmm. Just a, a great tree for the fall color. They're, they're going to show themselves. Um, other trees. Um, ash. Yeah, I saw the maples. They, some of the maples were just gorgeous. They were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Maples, and, and, and bigger leaves, hold their color. Yes. I was joking about the snow, but the maples looked fantastic in the snow. Yes, yes. It was just this brilliant orange with on Halloween. That's it. That's it. was like it. the perfect. And, 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 and then we got the snowfalls, and there it goes. Uh, so th- this year, some trees were very prevalent. Other trees with that early snow just dropped their leaves, held their leaves, didn't have the fall color. Uh, it, it was not um, a, a brilliant year for fall color. And uh, I, I, one of the things we talked about when Scott was on the, the show, um, Scott Jameson, from, also from uh, Bartlett Tree Experts. There's your ding, Scott. He is watching, by the way, is and he's he? sending questions for you. Oh, no. It's it's Stump the Skeet Day. Last time it was Stump the Scott Day. Um, and uh, he was talking um, about trees. At the time he was on, it was warm and wet, and some of the trees were really, really lush, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how happy they were. Why would you let go of your leaves if you're still manufacturing energy for your for, for the tree? Sure, sure. And that, it was that warmth, and then all of a sudden that quick cold came in, and like you said, it froze and and held their leaves, and that fall color uh, was absent in some trees. So what kind of a year was it for bagworms and for some of the other goodies you have here out on the counter? Sure. Bagworms that, you know, we talk about the polar vortex, boy, it really zapped a lot of bagworms. Did it? So, okay. So that, so that was, was last, now we're going back to last January, at the end of January. Yeah, yeah. So for our listeners who can't see the bagworms here, what are bagworms? Oh, how sad if they well, can't see the bagworms. Come on, we can hold these up. Let's see if I can find a camera here. All right, I know I can do this. 
All right. Nope. Nope. Wait. I got to know which way I'm going. Here we go. Up. Raise your hand a little. Turn it the other way. No, because yeah. you're actually catching the camera behind you. Well, no, I'm looking at you in your picture. Right, but you need to turn it because you can't see the bagworm. The bagworms. Well, turn this, your hand 180. This is the best I can do. There you go. So what? what is a bagworm? A bagworm is a little worm <clears throat> that grows and creates his, uh, his or her own home using the needles or leaves of the tree that it's on and has this little silken thread that holds on to the branch of the tree and then meanders up and down the branch of the tree and eats the foliage Mm -hmm. off the branches. Uh, They're very pesky and (laughs) they're very frustrating. Are they dangerous to the health of the tree? They certainly can. Boy, they can uh, multiply very quickly. And, you know, a needle tree like a spruce, pine, fir, arborvitae, um, they'll defoliate section by Hmm. section. And, and they're pesky. Inch by inch. Inch row, by inch. Row by row. By row. row. Right. Boy, you know, and you can count them on, on the backside where you can't see them. And all of a sudden you go to that backside and you say, yikes, what happened there? <laughs> so uh, annual inspections, really important. This so, is something you can do yourself. So now, what it, would people be looking for? You'd be looking for these little bags, these little worms, these little uh, cocoons that and, are and, dangling. And, and, and you say bags, but they look like. Oh, how they're, they they're, they look like ornaments. Yeah, they, yeah or they, they look like yeah. little mini pine cones, except with needles and not. And a worm crawling out of but, it. Better description. Thank you, Peggy. Yeah, they look like little little pine cones. And um, they're, the difference is they're not a cone so much as they are the needles, the brown mm-hmm. needles or leaves from that uh, species of tree. Yes. All right. Uh, what an innovative, I mean, just from a critter standpoint, what an innovative that oh, is. Mother, it's just Mother Nature is just wonderful. It's so creative, um, and the kinds of things that insects do yeah. to survive and thrive and multiply. Yeah, and birds will bring them in. So, you, so it's not a, a type of insect where you'll see the bottom first or the top. You'll see it patchy because the birds will bring them into the, the plant. Okay, we got a break here. That is Skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts. When we come back, we're going to talk. Uh, you touched on it why winter is such a good time to take care of your trees a lot of like a lot of arborists like you skeet consider this prime tree care time uh and uh we'll have an explanation about that it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki welcome everybody we hope you stick around do you know that chicagoans are getting healthier all the time This is Peggy, and I know this is true because for eight years I've been publishing Natural Awakenings, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and they're ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicago who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, doctors, dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. 
Illinois has become a national leader in solar energy installation, and right now you can save 60 to 70% on installation costs. You want it for your home or business, but you don't know where to start. So give our friends at Albright Solar a call. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions, and we've worked with them for a decade. They're good people, and they know their stuff. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. 2019 marked 20 years of faith in place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmers Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November to April at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, make it so, make it so, make it so. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some tea, Grey hot. The lights are turned way down below. Make it so, make it so, make it so. When we finally kiss. Good night. How I hate going out in the storm. But if you... Really? Shut up, Wesley. All the way home, I'll be... Warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying. And I dear. We're still goodbye, men. But as long as you love me so... Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Now we're officially in the holiday season because I can play the Make It So. And as you can see, I added uh, a little. It was ex- slightly augmented, yes. It was, it was a slightly augmented version. And I've got that here. This is the augment, augmented part of it. Shut up, Wesley. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak uh, Show with Peggy Malecki and uh, Skeet. And the is, season's only starting. I know. And it gets worse. For the next few weeks, as yeah, exactly, all of it. Uh, we're talking about your trees in the winter. One of the best times ever to to work on a tree. Why is that, Skeet? Well, thank you, Mike. W- without <laughs> the leaves, we can we can have some uh, fun with trees. Um, certainly, you know, we talked about oaks and elms as a need to do in the dormant season. Right, they're different from uh, others. That that is. That's when you. That's about the only time you really want to do that. Exactly. The tr- pruning. Um, the other idea is when the dormant season, we can have some sometimes better access to the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, the plants underneath are dormant. You know, you've got tromping through gardens. We're not tromping through gardens. The hostas, the perennials, they're dormant. The uh, tall grasses are cut back. Uh, boy, we we can have uh, a lot more fun taking care of people's trees and uh, meat. <laughs> you to say exceed. fun, isn't it a job? <laughs> it, it is a job, but, but when you when you're not. Uh, uh, when you can have better access and meet the client's needs all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you boy, can see that's... the shape. There it is. And now you, you rub your hands together and say, okay, let's have at it. Here's a question yeah. that just popped in my head. I hadn't actually thought about this before. Yeah. Well, you got a couple of arborists on site. I'm sure there's a crew chief. But 
-hmm. When you're looking at a tree and you're deciding to prune it, do you have consultations among each other and say, well, I think that branch should go, and the other person says, oh, no, I think maybe that one should go. And do you guys go a little back and forth on that? Absolutely. You know, and and the first step is to do the job site safety review to walk obstacles, hazards, what dangers do we have on the job site? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, safety <laughs> is, is critical. Power lines, exactly. Slip, trip, and fall. I mean, that's a huge um, situation that mm-hmm. we need to be aware of, especially in the wintertime. Well, and so, as we know, Bartlett is one of the leaders in safety uh, uh, in tree care. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You guys even get a ding for that. Woo-hoo. Uh, <laughs> so part of that job site safety review is the crew leader, crew chief, foreman, um, taking a look at mm-hmm. the trees with the crew, determining the, the right people for the right tree, for the right job. And, and there is some consultation. And it includes a tree inspection. And in the winter, we can see areas that we couldn't mm-hmm. see in the summer. Uh, so there's hollows, cavities, decay that we may not have seen. Cracks. So, cracks. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, these are uh, items that we need to be aware of just as an everyday awareness of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. That tree is our lifeline. We are mm-hmm. in that tree, working on that tree, and that tree is where we are stationed and set up, tied in, and secured. So the inspection um, is, is part of what we do for our own safety and for their client's safety. And and going with that, you're right, Mike, um, with no leaves on a tree, boy, it, you know, people think, again, what do you do in the wintertime? Well, it is a great time of the year, especially for little trees, because little trees future positive growth and form. Mm -hmm. We can really inspect them, as you're saying, as a team and look at them. And and some little trees may need just four or five pruning cuts. But boy, now we've really set that tree up for future positive growth form. Oh, yeah. You you want to get to tree early. When when we went down to... Uh, the Bartlett Research Laboratory in North Carolina, and I'm always mentioning this because we saw so many cool things down yeah. there. And one of the things they showed us, they said, okay, here's a tree that was pruned early in its life. Here's the shape it has now. Here's the tree we let go, and it's got some real problems now. And once you get uh, a mature tree that has problems, it's really hard to address those, isn't it? Absolutely. And and, and those trees, when they're small, Again, we can make three, four pruning cuts in there to to decrease the double leaders, to give it some structure, give it... uh, Uh, Explain what what a double leader is. Yeah, what's a double leader? Double leaders, um, you'll see on some trees, they'll grow and they'll have parallel branching going straight up. Uh, Blaze maples would be an example of that. Pear trees. Uh, would have as in many, calorie pair as in calorie yeah, so pair. So instead of branch, one instead of one, one branch s- or one leader going straight up, you'd have the, the two or three side splits. Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, pa- right. Parallel to each yeah. other and and competing There's, to be the the dominant uh, uh, trunk. Correct. Correct. There's a couple of Norway maples on my block that way. Norway maples. Yeah. Um, a lot of maples will will have that. Um, and if those trees can be pruned when they're smaller. Yeah, we we can define that leader and give it that future positive mm-hmm. growth form um, that that we're looking for. Yeah, uh, and speaking, oh, did you you had a question there? Go ahead. This this was more to winter pruning. So if you're, well, uh, yeah, go to winter one. pruning because I want to come back to to calorie pairs in a second. Okay, so go ahead. So this might be an obvious question, but how do you tell in the winter time where the dead limbs are? Yeah. You know, we get asked that a lot, and it's a great question because people say, well, how do you know it's dead up there? <laughs> Guess what? It has no leaves. We're up there. 
So if I showed you a well, dead if branch I point, and a if I live point to branch, my head and I say it's dead up there, everybody but, knows what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, so I'm just yeah. saying if you're doing a walkthrough though, sure. through someone's yard, yeah, and looking at an oak, yeah. How, how do you figure out before you even get up there, okay, that's the dead one, not just where I have to shape it, but that's sure. the dead limb, that's got to come off, that's yeah. whatever. Yeah. What do we see on some of the branches here? We see on some of these, being a being a um, magnolia tree, mm-hmm. um, that one has no buds on them whatsoever. Okay. You think of a magnolia tree with those big fuzzy right. buds mm-hmm. at the end. Ah. There's no buds. Right. So we're looking at that laciness. We're looking for buds. We're looking for decay on the branches. Sometimes you can see the the uh, the the uh, bark flaking off the off those branches. You can see stag horns or dieback um, decay. Um, you can you can see that visually, uh, especially on a sunny day without some clouds. You can really see the silhouette of the tree. Um, those items can be pointed out. So those yes. those things get to be sort of second nature for you guys. You. You know, you see the lack of buds, you see the flaking, you go, oh, yeah, that's that's a dead area. Let's see how far down the dead area goes, right? And, and the terminal growth on some lower branches. Yeah. You know, different trees grow at different rates, and we can mm-hmm. see, geez, uh, you know, this tree has a shortened growth segment. Something's not right with this tree. So when you tell people, when people want to go out and examine their own trees, what do you tell them to look for? The same kinds yeah. of things, right? Yeah, well, I would tell them to get a hold of an accredited tree care company <laughs> with a certified arborist, such as Bartlett Tree Experts, yeah. and set a time to meet with a certified arborist and take a mm-hmm. walk with uh, and and really have us explain, show, get to know your trees. These are large living assets, um, and if they're not cared for, they're large liabilities. Yeah, uh, and and we don't want your tree to become that way. Well, and I'm you know, sure you don't want that. That's either. a really good point. Is that people can think of a, they think of trees as assets to their property. If you're going to sell your property, you got a wonderful mature oak on the property. People look at your property differently. Yes. If it's crumbling, they look at it differently also, and yes. they think, okay, what's it going to cost me yeah. to get that, and is it going to fall on my house? I have a friend yeah. who moved into a home in Chicago back in the 90s. The day, the morning he moved into his house, the tree fell on the house. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was his uh, yeah. welcoming gift. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah. Of course, uh, he had a little conversation with the previous owners, and I'm not sure how it was resolved, but they had to know that that tree was compromised. Uh, yeah. And we, we do get the calls in the spring. Could you look at my tree? And I'm sorry, your tree is uh, dead. How long have you lived here? Oh, we moved in this winter. Well, you, you bought yourself a dead tree. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah and some that, people don't that, know that if, they, if they're doing it in the winter, right? They, they don't know that. Uh, and, and so being an asset, you need to invest into that asset. And, and part of that is having an accredited so certified you, arborist inspect that tree with you. Right. And, and let's take a look together as a, as the green team, homeowner, arborist mm-hmm. working even, together. Even in the dormant season, you can bring a certified arborist to look at the tree and the arborist will tell you whether that tree is still viable. It won't be able to know for sure how it's going to leaf out, but they can tell you if it's alive. And, and we can, we can, we can start the tree care process. All right. That's uh, Skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts. We have more tree care coming up. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Want to have a healthier, more eco-friendly Green Diva kitchen? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. 
The main characteristics of a Green Diva kitchen are that it produces delicious food, is healthy, eco-friendly, and low stress. Let's start by using more dish towels and cloth napkins because paper products make up one-third of municipal waste. Buying bulk dry goods saves money and reduces waste. Please recycle more. An estimated 80% of what Americans throw away is recyclable, yet our recycling rate is only 28%. Consider composting. It's easier than you think, and even if you live in an urban area, there are often municipal composting programs. And, of course, always try to buy local and organic food whenever possible. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. It's the holiday season, and City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, has everything you need to decorate and celebrate. Christmas trees locally grown in Wisconsin, wreaths, swag, custom holiday containers, and more. Pick them up or have them delivered. Grab unique gifts for the gardener in your life. And don't forget, Mike Novak and the Frozen Robins stop by on Thursday, December 19th at 6.30 p.m., 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa. CityGrange.com. Learn. Shop. Jingle. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. And now, for something completely different for the season, the Frozen Robins! Oh, holy night! Late December, back in 1 BC, t'was the night of the nativity. What a baby, what a night! Talented, funny, unique, the Frozen Robins are Chicago's number one caroling group. Exquisite harmonies, madcap improvisation, holiday sketches and characters, even a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life. They are definitely not your mother's carolers. Go to frozenrobins.com or contact me, Mike, at MikeNovak.net. Because I'm not just a fan of the Frozen Robins, I are one. And there we have that again. We can thank Randall for that one. Yeah, that's that's in honor of uh, Randall, who used to be our uh, engineer and uh, put that together uh, for us uh, many, many moons ago. But <laughs> it allows us to, to play. Alan! Alan! And I don't know if you are familiar with that. but As I said during the break, there's so many holiday songs that... Skeet, I'm going to tell you. never go, sound the same. Go online, look up Alan, A-L-A-N. And, and BBC. And BBC. And you will know exactly what we're talking about. Sounds like a plan. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. So pleased to have Skeet in studio. This has been a great year uh, for us and uh, Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, We've had a bunch of different experts come into the studio and talk to us about trees. Um, 
and uh, we love getting questions, and we get them mostly on on Facebook. I got to admit, um, every now and then we get a call eight seven 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 eleven fifty six eleven. We'll take that as well. During the break, Skeet told us an amazing story, and we have to talk about it on air because he he brought in a couple of little books. One's called Winter Tree Finder, and it's by a woman named Mary Thielgard. May. I'm sorry, May May Thielgard Watts. Uh, and Tom Watts, it says here. And the other book is Tree Finder, a manual for the identification of trees by their leaves. And these are little books that you can stick in your pocket, back yes. pocket, and go out on a hike. Yes. And uh, and we're going to have to get, uh, 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 Ellie, you're going to have to put these online, uh, get the, this information. These are the coolest books. Now, tell us, you got a little backstory behind these books. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, Mike <laughs> and Peggy. Uh, these, are the, uh, these are Tree Finder books. And there's also weed finder, animal finder. So you go and you can get these. Also by May Watts? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, who, and who's May Watts? I have no idea. Oh, my goodness. May Watts <laughs> um, is, is from Illinois. I'm, I'm such a loser. What can I tell you? <laughs> Having fun with Mike and Peggy. <laughs> I'm uh, going to make you do this now before the end of the hour for okay. Scott Jameson. Stand okay. by. Okay. <laughs> Taking over the show. Uh, May Watts is uh, an environmentalist, uh, a, a, a class act, um, somebody we really need to uh, give huge credit to and kudos to. Years and years ago, um, she was on the cutting edge of conservation. She started the Prairie Path. She was one of the first... Uh, Women Instructors at the Martin Arboretum. We can find these books at the Martin Arboretum. You can go online and buy them. Um, the backstory to this is when I was a young whippersnapper going to school in uh, upstate New York, Paul Smith College, Syracuse University. <laughs> um, we had these little books as a college student as uh, a way to identify trees. One, because they're really cheap, and two, they were pictures. So we didn't have to be uh, all that brilliant to learn how to identify trees. And, so, they're, and they're elegant in the way they're arranged, you know. It, it really makes sense on how yeah. to ID a tree here. Yeah, and and, they're, and now they've broken down to different regions. Mm-hmm. So the ones um, I have here are for the Midwest, and so you're identifying Midwest trees. And so I studied on this book and it came out to uh, Illinois 30 uh, years ago and and kept these little books with me and uh, moved into Naperville and and looked and there's, geez, there's this May Watts Park. My goodness, look at that, May Watts Park. Geez, I remember this name, May Watts, and and getting into the business and learning about the Prairie Path Mm -hmm. and this May Watts. And and I've had um, her book and uh, she's taught me a tremendous amount, just a brilliant lady. Uh, and then I had the opportunity to be in Naperville, and she lived in Naperville, and the owners of her house, um, they're looking to renovate and bring that house back to when May Watts had it and called me in to take care of those trees. So uh, just just an incredible opportunity to give back to a lady who's given me so much over the years. That's kind of kind of goosebumpy. It, 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 it really <laughs> is. Uh, and, and, and so... We took care of her house and uh, brought it back and mm-hmm. took care of her maple that had multi-leads in there and did some uh, crown reduction and structure pruning on, on the maple tree. Um, the owners were so excited about the, the history and uh, our excitement with taking care of those trees. Um, they let us know that they went into the attic of the house and they had uh, the original first edition tree finder book. Wow. Ooh. 
And so they gave me the first run, Maywatch. So you, have a, you have a first edition. I have a first edition. It's in a glass cage in our <laughs> in our family room um, that uh, doesn't get touched. And uh, it's it's a it's a real prize. Surrounded by five vicious dogs, exactly. So that nobody can get to that. Surrounded yes. by bagworms. Yes, bag, uh, <laughs> yes. five vicious bagworms. <laughs> so there, there's your Google assignment. Wow. And, that and if is you've, awesome. You've got, That's if you've, amazing. You've got some kids you want to learn about conservation, and a, and a woman in the industry that really was cutting edge, that really transformed the, the Midwest and in the western suburbs. Uh, between and the Prairie Path, the books she's written, uh-huh. the teaching, her instruction. Um, the, these are some excellent yeah. kid-friendly, let's get and outside. And adult-friendly. And yeah. adult-friendly. Adult and kid-friendly. And this reminds uh-huh. me of some of the old bird books as well that, yeah. that yeah. really explain And the things. name is May, M-A-Y, Thielgard, T-H-E-I-L-G-A-A-R-D, Watts, W-A-T-T-S, uh, and Tom Watts, and you can look up Winter Tree Finder, you can look up Tree Finder, and the difference, of course, is in the summer, uh, you can identify trees by their leaves, sure. which which helps a great deal. What happens when you can't see the leaves? It stumps a lot of people, but, sure. you know, there are the. that's why you have the Winter Tree Finder, yeah. and there are other clues that you have to the identity of a tree. Yeah, and, and you know, when so many parents say, I don't know what to do with the kids outside in the winter, and I don't know how to do this, and, and boy, these are these are great books. Kids and parents can work together and then be outside and enjoy. You know, days like today are, are good outside days. Yeah. All right. We're going to do a little thing. Grab your sheet there. This is for Scott Jamison. Uh, as those of you who listen on the local show know, every uh, year I do a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life, and that will be on our show on December 22nd. It's a, wonder- it's a wonderful slice. It's a wonderful slice of It's a Wonderful Life. And I have a big cast of characters, but Scott wanted a preview, and he said, you got to make Skeet play George. All right, so we got 60 seconds. So you go ahead and you just start there, uh, George, and then I'll jump in. I'm in trouble, Mr. Potter. I need, I need help. Through some sort of an accident, my company's short in their accounts. The bank examiner got there today, and I've got to raise $8,000 immediately. I've suddenly become quite important. What kind of security would I have? George, you got any stocks? No, sir. Bonds, real estate, collateral of any kind? I have some life insurance. $15,000 policy. How much equity in it? $500. $500. And you ask me to lend you $8,000? Look at you. You used to be so cocky. You were going to go out and conquer the world. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. What are you but a warped, frustrated young man, miserable little clerk, crawling here on your hands and knees and begging for help. No securities, no stocks, no bonds. Nothing but a miserable little $500 equity in a life insurance policy. <laughs> You're worth more dead than alive. And that's where we're going to cut it, because that's what Scott Jameson won. That's the tease for uh, the 22nd. Skeet, thank you so much for coming in the studio, as always. It's been wonderful. Peggy and Mike, always a pleasure. Really appreciate the help and support. Bartlett. uh, Go take a look at your trees. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables we are being stalked by stalks of asparagus that is incorrect mr Worf. killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author mike novak mike novak 
I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make There you go. Welcome back. It's that season. It is that season. It's the season of... Shut up, Wesley. All right. Now, I don't believe that we should be pounding Wesley, Wesley. into... Out, please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> pounding Wesley into dust. Into a pulp. Uh, but I just like... It's a cartoon <laughs> punch. Just think that... Folks, think of it I that way. I think it's way. a slap, not a punch. Oh, it's a punch. It's definitely a punch. Shut up, Wesley. It's got that... Oh. Oh, so it's a boom, boom, I think boom. it's a punch, but it's a cartoon punch. So there we go. Are we back up on Facebook? Apparently. Who knows? Uh, anyway, uh, there we go. There we are. <laughs> uh, you got to keep track of everything here. Uh, we got a few things we need to uh, to discuss before we get to uh, our our next guest. We're very excited to have in the uh, in the studio with us. Uh, first of all, uh, our, our friends at City Grange are doing something kind of fun. Um, in, in addition to having the frozen I'll start robins, the jingle bells on yeah, that one again. You know, and you probably just heard, you heard on the commercial already that, uh, that you can get your trees and wreaths and all kinds of cool stuff there at City Grange, but they're also having the frozen robins there on the 19th from 6.30 to 8. So come by and see us at mm-hmm. 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa in Chicago. But they uh, have started doing these interesting pop-up locations, in one mm-hmm. in, in the Beverly neighborhood. Wow. You knew this. You told me. What do you mean, wow? No, but it's <laughs> – so we've – but now it's the the south side gets to go to City right. Grange, too. Now the south side gets to enjoy City Grange, and their pop-ups are just weekends, uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays uh, through December 15th, uh, including today – at uh, Joplin Murray Studios, 9911 South Walden Parkway in Chicago. Uh, and today it's uh, it's already open. It just opened from 10 to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then again next weekend and then the weekend after that. So uh, if you're on the south side and you want to enjoy City Grange, you can go to one of their pop-up locations. Uh, and you can and the best way to find that is just to go to citygrange.com. Learn Shop Blossom. Learn uh, Shop Jingle. Learn Shop Ho, Ho, Ho. Uh, what else? We also have Christy Weber. Um, has Christy Weber Farm and Garden has got a winter fest coming up Saturday, December seventh, next Saturday from eleven a.m. to three p.m. over at twenty eight thirty three West Chicago Avenue in Chicago. Um, as it says on their website, uh, join us for a magical afternoon of holiday cheer, kids' crafts, wine tasting, gourmet chocolate, live music, and Santa. 
Oh, ho, ho again. And Santa and, on their websites wearing wearing some sunglasses. So I think we're going to have a pretty cool Santa. <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, uh, shout out to uh, Christy Weber because um, they helped us at the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards uh, this year. And we really appreciate uh, their contribution to that. And uh, they've been longtime friends of the Mike mm-hmm. Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, give a shout out to our new sponsor. Oh, yes. Yes. Hero Power. Um, and you might have heard them a couple of weeks ago when we were talking to Lisa Albrecht um, about putting up solar in Illinois. And the guys from Hero Power, that was Ty uh, and Brock, uh, were doing their, their thing at um, uh, Lincoln Hall in Chicago for Friends of the Chicago mm-hmm. River. They had a, a fundraiser. Podcast. Yeah, fundraiser and podcast, uh, and they do a podcast, uh, but they also run an alternative alternative energy company called Hero Power. And the deal with that, and you can see it on our website, go to MikeNovak.net and just click on the Hero Power link. If you live in northern Illinois uh, and you got ComEd and you want to get green energy, you want to get clean energy, and you don't want to pay any more than the utility charges, that's where you go. You go to Hero Power. That's their guarantee that you'll get the same rate as ComEd. So uh, it's we're, we're very happy to have them as a new sponsor. All right. Speaking of sustainability, Recycled Paint is next. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your trees. Now is a great time to go to Bartlett.com and see what they can do for you. Did you know that winter's a prime time to have your trees pruned? One of the reasons is that without leaves, the structure of the tree is easier to evaluate. Also, it's a great time to inspect your trees for any visibly hazardous conditions or structural issues. It's also easier now to work around a garden when the ground is frozen. Even during the growing season, Bartlett utilizes the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods to control tree pests, such as beneficial insects to manage the bad insects. And did we mention that Bartlett is the industry leader in safety? Whether it's a small residential project or a major commercial renovation, contact an Arborist representative at Bartlett and get a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no-brainer. Your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com.
Uh, this is uh, the holiday season now. This is my favorite Christmas, Xmas carol, shall I say. <laughs> Happy Xmas season, everybody. And we lost a week with Thanksgiving being late, so you, we're really going to have to load the songs in. And then when week. I get out of here, I'm running over to the the Edward Hines Jr. VA Hospital uh, near Maywood. Uh, in, in Actually, Hines, Illinois, they have their own zip mm-hmm. code in their own area. I don't know if it's considered a village or what. Yeah. And we're going to be doing some carolers, caroling, rather, for the vets today. It's very excited. I'm, uh, and uh, we're going to have a group of the Frozen Robins come by and uh, and sing uh, for the veterans there, set up by our cool. our friend Diane um, Ahrens, who owns a business called Piece of Cake Bakery in East Dundee, Illinois. And she is the Cookies? One of, oh, yeah. To die for. They're just, you know, you buy cookies in a bakery sometimes. You go, oh, that's so, that's okay. Yeah, I don't think that's their strong suit. Not with her. Oh, boy. These are just fabulous cookies, <laughs> and I'm hoping she brings some. So if you are watching us on Facebook Live right now on The Mike Novak Show, or earthpaint.org, you will see Mike. That's right. We're on You'll see Mike all dressed up, and that's why. And this is why. Uh, and speaking of Earth Paint, we have Chris McCarthy in the studio, who is the founder of earthpaint.org. It's based in Wooddale, Illinois. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for coming down uh, to the, or up or sideways to the station, whatever. Uh, this is one of the most fascinating things I've heard of in a long time, and it was Peggy who introduced me to this because uh, I, there's a piece in Natural Awakening Chicago magazine uh, about earth paint. Uh, and for years, you, you read, uh, you've read, if, if you had paint and you were trying to get, dispose of it properly, uh, basically the advice was, let it dry, throw it into the landfill. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Put kitty litter oh, in it. Oh, it just hurts me so bad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- that is not what you do, is it? You know, it, that that used to be the way, and now there's a better way. And so uh, this, you know, opportunity to tell people that, you know, you've, you've got a product that can be recycled. Mm-hmm. Let's... And we're talking latex paint, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. latex paint. Yeah. yeah. Water-based. Um, right. Well, and right. that's why they would say let it dry, because oil-based take, <laughs> would take forever to, yeah. to do that. And, it's and you don't different... want your garage or basement to smell like oil-based paint either i mean that's, yeah. that's no fun no. i mean unless you like that sort of thing but maybe you do watching <laughs> paint dry I, yeah yeah uh, but i do that a lot so how <laughs> is it that you got involved in this um well uh the the short story is so uh, i've been a paint contractor for going on 15 years um and then when our wait little... you told me you had a marketing degree well, yeah, that's that kind of went into it. There's there's a longer story. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'll give Everybody's you the short. Get, okay, ver- <laughs> give me the short version here. All I'll right. start in the middle when uh, Earth Paint came to be. So uh, after painting thousands of homes and um, then getting my real estate license and trying to sell those homes, there was one thing that we had in common, and it was, what do I do with all this old paint that came with the house when I bought it, and or you know previous owners mm-hmm. even, and it's just accumulated. And uh, I said, you know what? There's got to be a way. Uh, let me look into it. And after you know, a year or so, um, I realized that we could recycle this product. But and you probably all also realized that nobody else was doing that? In the Midwest? No, I'm the crazy guy that's kind of doing this thing. So, <laughs> so it was um, happening on the coasts. There are some states that do fund it, and we're not that lucky. So, Well, um, maybe we will get there. Well, I hope so. Someday, if I have anything to do with it and get people excited about mm-hmm. you know what it is that we do. 
Um, but so I learned from those states on what kind of they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then we take it a step further um, because I felt it was really important to employ people who were having difficulty finding employment. So, um, yeah, uh, we started to collect all of this paint and what we call batch together and restrain it. And that turned into earth paint where we now do it a thousand gallons a week. You, uh, what are some, uh, and by the way, I've, I have, th- speaking a thousand, I have thousands of questions for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you talked about employing people who otherwise might not be employed, but it's, uh, particular kind of, I mean, it's not in some places when they say that they mean previously incarcerated, um, and other, there are other kinds mm-hmm. of, uh, difficult to employ people. What about, uh, uh, in your business? So, um, my main specialty was trying to empower people that have special needs or disability, um, where, you know, you may have, you don't have to do that one job that everybody sees pushing carts or whatever, you know, cause we have, Many, many different tasks at EarthPaint that can be done by really anyone. And when you're in our building, you're not disabled. Mm-hmm. We have something that you will be good at. And um, then we'll challenge you to find another task that you may not be good at that we can you know, build your skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to mention it now so that I can mention it later uh, so folks know that you have a GoFundMe campaign going on right now. Thank you, yes. And I've got the link at MikeNovak.net. If you go to GoFundMe, it's Save Our Special Needs Program. All right? Uh, Which, when I did that, I didn't realize that that was going to be the whole URL. So it's kind of long. So if you go to earthpaint.org. Yeah. um, there's direct. It is, yeah. I mean, it sums up what we're trying to do. Or just go to my website. You can click right on that link. It'll take you right to the page. So there you go. Yeah. Um, And uh, what do you... You mentioned that you need to do this now because, of course, I didn't realize this, but it makes sense. There's a down season for painting and for people who are willing to bring in paint, right? That's correct. I mean, we got I, – I was listening to you guys earlier when you talk about this early cold snap. We didn't really have fall. And uh, so generally in the fall, we're doing all of that final collection of paint, um, which gives us something to do throughout yeah. the winter. This year, that didn't really happen. Ooh. We kind of shut down early. Um it gets cold. You can't leave paint outside to freeze. So we want to get all that stuff into our building so that we can process it and reprocess it. Um, but then you have the other side where this paint product that we make, um, the sales slow down significantly with that too because people are focused on the holidays. And so our GoFundMe page or all of the donations that we collect, whether it's through that or through Facebook, mm-hmm. are really kind of solidifying the employment that we have through these tough months for us. Yeah. And you're so. trying to raise fifteen grand before the end of the year. Now, if you look at the the total they're looking at, it's a huge number. But fifteen thousand by the end of the year is a really reasonable goal, I think. If and you have a matching gift with that, we do. Yes. So, and that that's really the big incentive and the big push for this year. Because um, if we do raise fifteen thousand, we'll have a fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollar matching gift. Um, but if we don't hit that fifteen grand, we don't get the match. So that's the incentive for us to really push and push and push and enlighten people mm-hmm. and get people to, you know, maybe offer slightly more than they probably would have, considering we want to get to that number as fast as possible. Yeah. And, and earthpaint.org is a nonprofit. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so for so for listeners who might say, but you sell paint, why are, you know, why are you a nonprofit? Why are you doing a fundraiser? Well, because people don't know much about 
recycled paint. There <laughs> isn't much of a market for it right now, and people don't realize that it's a really great product. And so um, in order for us to kind of fund our activities to actually make that paint and have it available for people again, um, we have to go the traditional route of fundraising. So I understand that. I mean, you're, you're just ramping up the business yeah. right now. Uh, how long has the business been around? Uh, about six years. Okay. Um, and we've grown from about a three, uh, actually about the size of this studio. Um, a, really? A small little retail place that we just wanted to give it a shot and give yeah. it a try. And it turned out that people were like, please, oh, my gosh, thank you. Help me get rid of all this paint. Oh, yeah. I can imagine nobody like, you know, you've got those cans piling up in your basement, in your garage. What an opportunity. So here's what I would say, folks. First of all, you got to do it now uh, uh, because Chris has had uh, a tough time getting people to donate their paint. So I know you got it sitting there. I know you're thinking, wow, it's the holidays. I'd really like to get rid of this before we get into the holidays. Take it over there. Uh, and where and where do they deliver it? Or do you pick any up? Um, well, let me give you some information. So uh, the, the process of recycling the paint is extremely labor-intensive. All right. And so because our funding doesn't really exist from the state, we do charge uh, a fee to bring the paint in. Sure. Um, so if you have those small quarts, those are $2.50 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a gallon, those are $5 a piece. And those five-gallon pails are $12. All right. Bring. Let me ask you a question. Can they take their latex paint, combine it into a bigger container like a gallon if they want or a five-gallon and then just bring that to you? That's a really awesome question, and that's a big no. Oh, really? <laughs> and there's a okay. reason for it. Okay. It's not just because we you know, are trying to collect a dollar amount because I understand that that's how people would kind of save money. Yeah, exactly. And, and also save room in their car. Well, exactly. You know, But you figure each one of those containers is really important for us to receive and, and recycle properly. Yeah. Um, the majority of the paint that people are buying from big box stores comes in these plastic paint cans. And we're the only place on earth that really has I don't a have way. a plastic paint can. Mine are all metal. I, mean, yeah. I Something bypassed me in the I, last I few years. I actually just heard this. It was a discussion at Thanksgiving okay. of how small the smaller cans are now plastic, plastic. which it's, I didn't realize either. Yeah. And in it, um, the big box stores and the brands that are sold there, I won't plug them because I'm trying to get them to change back to the metal cans. Them. Um, Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're saying, oh, well, these plastic cans are made from recycled material, but I'm sorry, once the paint goes in them, no plastics recyclers will take that product. Mm-hmm. And it's impregnated with metal, too. So we have to disassemble all of that stuff. And again, it's labor-intensive. So there's the, the fees that we're charging helps us um, take all of those containers and recycle those properly as well. And the metal cans. So if you get metal cans, are you able to recycle those as well? The metal ones are pretty easy. Yeah, the, the metal really? recyclers are not picky. It's the plastic guys that are like, yeah, no, they, that's they... going to ruin my machine, and I don't want anything gumming up in there. So. All right. And, I, and I want to, I'm glad you brought up the point about uh, charging for this because nothing's free in this world anymore. Uh, we... I wish it was. It, well, and, and don't most we people all... assume that it is, but I, I say, well, why don't you come and work with me for a day, and you'll see why I have to charge. Even places like TerraCycle... Uh, charge you they say ship it to us but you got to use our box and you got to pay for the shipping to get it there uh they'll recycle almost anything in the world but we're at a point folks we used to take recycling for granted and we thought it was all free and we can just throw it away and it just goes away and somebody takes care of it it's not the way the world works anymore it's a you you really need to 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 pony up 
for yeah. the, for the privilege of living on this planet, and that's the whole point. It's not just that uh, I need to get rid of stuff. This is your rent on the planet. This is how you pay for that. This is how you pay for all the paint you bought that you didn't really need. But well, yeah. that's true. But you're also paying for your garbage service, right. whether yeah. it goes and through you're your taxes, for your recycling, exactly. and you're paying for everything. And unfortunately, in most states. The producers aren't paying, so it's the consumers that are paying. Right. No. So, and, and that's another reason why we are a charity and why we've organized in that way, so that you can feel good that that money is staying right within our organization mm-hmm. um, and helping us to grow our ability to do what we do and, and teach more people who really haven't had opportunities to be taught. Uh, and that take we got less than two minutes here, but it takes us to the idea that paint is recyclable. I. I can, I'm trying to wrap my head around that, and you combine different kinds of paints, and you can recycle that. What what comes out is we were talking yesterday on Mighty House. I was on Mighty House with Ron Cowgill, and he said, "Well, I bet it comes out all brown." <laughs> I don't know. What does it look like? A lot of times, it's kind of a gray. But you know what's great is that gray is in right now. So, so it um, does come out gray, and that's what Rich said. He said, "Well, I've done that. And it's gray." But you so, have at least forty. 40 standard colors and custom colors. I do, and that's another reason why it's so important not to combine those those mm-hmm. containers. Then because then you have more flexibility. We can make the color that people actually want to put back on their walls. All so. right, bye. So you look, you see what they've got. Okay, let's combine these three and let's those four because now we have a closer color. So can you then create the specific colors? Or are you sort of at the mercy of what was given to you? Um, there's a lot of control that we do have, and mm-hmm. it really depends on the sorting process. And I, I must say that some of our folks that are on the autism spectrum really find that satisfying to sort through all of the colors. So one more reason why don't combine it because you're taking away the favorite job of somebody. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's amazing to watch somebody work and just go boom, 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 and they and all know these and they can see it right away in a way that you'd be going, um, wait, is that more green or is that blue? I really know. It's like my arguments with Kathleen. Uh, you know, she's always saying, no, that's that's that's, that's purple. That's blue. No. And I say, no, 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 that's green. And we just go back. Just and trust forth. her. Yeah. She's all right. <laughs> yeah. She's she's the graphics designer. I have to trust her. Okay. That's Chris McCarthy. Uh, we will be right back uh, to talk about recycling paint. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. 
2019 marked 20 years of Faith in Place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmers Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November to April at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. hope you know there's a day of the week and it comes one time a year it's five days after your thanksgiving feast and you can donate or volunteer because it's called giving tuesday hashtag giving tuesday Giving Tuesday helps out more than you know With your donations, the processes flow Donate now, there's no time like the present It could help a charity to pay the rent It's called Giving Tuesday That's hashtag Giving Tuesday one more. <laughs> now it's time to show that you care. This day comes around just once a year. It's amazing to see how your donations affect the nonprofit you select. And it's called Giving Tuesday. Look it up, it's coming up on Tuesday. Let's go with that. All right. <laughs> All right, there he is, Chris McCarthy. I sing, I dance, I recycle, you know? <laughs> I know. You, it, you're a triple threat. Sing, dance, recycle. <laughs> I am a triple threat. A triple threat. Uh, Chris McCarthy is the founder of EarthPaint.org. Go to EarthPaint.org. And as he mentions Giving Tuesday, go to our website, MikeNovak.net, so you can find the GoFundMe campaign called Save Our Special Needs Program. And the link is right there. And you can help uh, get have, get them to 15000 so they get the matching grant by the end of the year. All right? Uh, our I li- thank you in advance for that. <laughs> Lines are open right now. Uh, and, uh, so we had a lot of questions we came up with during the break, uh, and people asking on, uh, Facebook, uh, about where you can get your paint. I mean, first of all, we've got to talk about the paint, the quality of the paint you produce from the recycled paint. That is- people can buy sure. locally. Yeah. And, and, uh, what's it called by the way? What's the brand? Well, we're, it's our earth paint brand. Okay. Um, so you'll find the buckets and on our Facebook page, you can see my logos and everything right here. Um, so we, we sell our product and we kind of keep everything nonprofit. 
So we are uh, we sell in six different Habitat for Humanity restores. Mm-hmm. So there's one in Chicago, there's Chicago Heights and Joliet, and then we're in McHenry and Woodstock, um, and there's one in Elgin. Elgin. So um, in, in addition to that, downtown in the city, there's a place called Rebuilding Exchange, which is really cool that mm-hmm. uh, they've given us some shelf space as well so that you can pick up our product. Um, it's amazing. I mean, as a professional painter, I've been always looking for paint that helps me do my job better, mm-hmm. okay? What makes me more money as a professional? Um, and so we started to formulate this paint and found that the coverage is incredible. The dry time is better. The durability is good. I mean, it's it's Why really... is that? Well, you think about where we're getting our paint from. So people who are spending 40 50 plus per gallon, which is pretty typical these days, mm-hmm. um, that paint coats better. You know, it's it's... There's a lot of technology in paint, um, and so they end up with a lot of paint left over that comes to us. And so now you're reblending a product that started life at fifty, sixty bucks a gallon that now had a little bit of that water evaporate as well mm-hmm. during the process. So you get even more pigmentation. Ah. Um, so yeah, I can bore you guys with the science because <laughs> that's what really interests the me. The question is, will it will it work in a spray gun? Sure. Uh, you might dilute it just a little in a spray gun. Yeah. Um, so then you get even more yeah. bang for your buck. And it's indoor and outdoor paint. Um, so the, there is a major difference between indoor and outdoor paint. And the outdoor paints have mildecides and UV mm-hmm. inhibitors in them. And mm-hmm. so ours do contain that. Um, I mainly mm-hmm. sell it as a um, as an interior paint because our warranty for exterior wouldn't be as long as what a brand new paint would be, you know, typically 15 years or something. So um, it's going to be a... a a really good interior paint and exterior to a certain extent where you don't want direct sunlight on it all the time. What do you do about the VOCs? So VOCs, oh my gosh, we could have an entire show about that. Okay, we will. Yes, yeah. I think we'll Rod save Rod listening. Maybe he'll have you on his show and talk about that too. Uh, so VOCs is an air quality thing, mm-hmm. and although we're very cognizant of it, um, the VOCs mainly come from the tints that are applied once the, really? the color i didn't the realize that yeah so the colorants are organic materials and so when you have a volatile organic material um that's where people develop or people who usually have respiratory issues already kind of are irritated by it sure um we do meet those specifications because as of about 16 years ago the law says that everything has to be low voc or zero voc so um that's kind of a nice thing for mm-hmm. us it's, so. a, it's a byproduct of, of, of your byproduct. I, the, every, all this stuff happens. This really cool <laughs> stuff happens you know, when we're recycling. All right. So your recycled paint is what people have, have turned in, what they've recycled, plus what you're getting from the industry that they're not using. Sure. And we do have some big supporters in the industry as well. Um, so we do you want get, to name names? Uh, our biggest supporter is Sherwin-Williams. So uh, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, Sherwin has been really good to us. They donate um, thousands and thousands of gallons of really brand new paint to us that um, are really some very expensive lines of paint that fortify the paint that we're remaking or upcycling. Um, they've also donated equipment to us, like mm-hmm. a forklift and stuff. So oh I, my I, yeah, big hugs to them. So give them a beer ding as well. I know. So um, anyone who has purchased Sherwin Williams paint, you've kind of helped us kind of grow in a passive way. All right. And we did have a question about folks who want to donate their paint. Where can they do that? Well, on our website on earthpaint.org, there's a little link that says recycle your paint or learn more about recycling your paint right up at the top. Um, We've got about 37 hardware stores that do paint collection for us. Most of those are listed 
on the site. And mm-hmm. in fact, closest to here would be the Skokie Ace Hardware. Um, they I, do I think a- Scarce has some of them on their site, too. Okay. And yeah. expect. Yeah, and uh, Scarce has been great. So we all love So you Scarce. work with Scarce as well. What do you do with Scarce? Um, we'll do paint recycling events. So, ah. yeah, we'll set up our truck and collect paint while they're collecting all the things that they collect and kind of be their partner for the paint portion of their, their yeah. drives. We yeah. might we might need to have one of those in the city where folks sure. could come. Be- yeah, because the city of Chicago does not have paint recycling and DuPage County doesn't have it. The scarce has stepped in. Uh, right. Um, and we've done paint collection uh, events like with Skokie. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically that's in April. And the last two years in a row, we've had snowstorms on that collection day. <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun for us um, watching uh. the paint freeze in our truck as we're trying to collect <laughs> oh, no. it. You know, so, um, but yeah, we collect, I mean, the, the Skokie event had something like 1,100 cars come through. Oh, and my goodness. Most of those people were there for us waiting in line trying to get rid of their paint. So we're pretty popular yeah. at those events. And and uh, I hate to uh, to bring this up, but at an event like that, do you charge the same prices or do you get a better deal because it's an event? Um, we are charging the same prices. And our prices are really derived from how much effort it takes to process the paint. Yeah, um, covering so, your labor. Right. So we, after many years of figuring out how long it takes our staff to go through a pallet or two of paint, that's how we've come up with how expensive it is for us to do it. And that's really what we're passing along. Uh-huh. You know, it's, there's, a, there's a parallel here, uh, which is batteries. Uh, I was dealing, I was cleaning out uh, one of my rooms just the other day. He's waving to himself on Facebook there. He's, he's got yeah. his own Facebook <laughs> setup. Uh, and... Uh, uh, alkaline batteries are you're told now i just throw them in the garbage right and if you go online and try to find out where to recycle them it ain't easy no Uh, even though they claim it is you will go to earth 911 and they'll say oh it's really easy no it's not it's not easy to to recycle an alkaline one time one single use battery it's not even easy to recycle a plastic bottle i mean let's but the (laughs) batteries you 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 take them to a solid waste collection they say oh well we don't take them take them to the hardware store you go to the hardware store they say we don't take them go to the solid waste and it's just nobody it, wants them right right and, and i have a bag of them and yeah. exactly and i've got a bag of them i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out i'm not gonna toss them and, and and you know there's if there's billions of them there's valuable metal in there which you discovered with paint if there's you know millions and billions of cans of paint that there's something valuable there. You just said what people have been doing for 30 years, just accumulating paint, because they're like, well, one day we'll figure it out. Well, the day has come, people. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and not only that, but, you know, you're, you're helping an, a multiple organizations because, I mean, yes, we're employing people. Yes, we're actually doing the right things with the product, but then that end yeah. product is helping other charities. Can, can we mention your partner organization on labor? Um. We work with a lot of different companies now. We've worked with Little City in the past. We've worked, um, we're trying to work with Ray Graham. Um, there's a lot of other acronyms out there that we've worked with. That <laughs> okay. I, I don't know all of them. That, yeah, and, and, you we'll know. do a list someday. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of different groups you're you benefiting. Can, and, and, uh, and folks can go to earthpaint.org to find out this information. Boy, I really like what you're doing, Chris. Thank, Thank you. I do too. Uh, you should. Uh, you're, you're doing great things. Uh, thank you so much. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. When we come back, we've got Rick DeMaio talking weather. It's been a little bit crazy. Not so much in Chicago. Uh, and Chris, thanks for a little guitar, too. Oh, hey, you know, hey. <laughs> Sprucing it up. And now, for something completely different for the season, the Frozen Robins. Oh, holy night. Late December, back in 1 B.C. 
Twas the night of the nativity. What a baby, what a night. Talented, funny, unique, the Frozen Robins are Chicago's number one caroling group. Exquisite harmonies, madcap improvisation, holiday sketches and characters, even a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life. They are definitely not your mother's carolers. Go to frozenrobins.com or contact me, Mike, at mikenovak.net. Because I'm not just a fan of the Frozen Robins, I are one. So Santa gives gifts to good boys and girls. How does he get all over the world? Scientifically accurate Santa Claus. <laughs> 91 million children around. Santa has to travel 3,000 times the speed of sound or one one thousand second per house. 300,000 tons of toys or greater. The weight would create a meteor crater. Two wow. miles all the way. <laughs> okay. Who, who is that? That is scientifically, oh, so it's a thing. It's a thing on uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, they do these scientifically accurate things about various subjects, including, thank you, uh, including Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, wow. there we go. I, fi- I found that when I was, uh, you know. Surfing, surfing uh, the inner tubes, the inner tubes, and that's the kind of stuff you come up with. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, we are going live to Newark, New Jersey, and Rick DeMaio. Rick, what the heck are you doing in Newark? Um, <clears throat> well, my flight was canceled out of Scranton, Pennsylvania, so I had to change flights, including change rental car drop offs, and I Drove out of the mountains of the Poconos early this morning and was white-knuckling it through the highlands of New Jersey for about a half hour with freezing rain. Yikes. Uh, but oh made it down here to Newark okay. Wow. So you're dealing – that was the thing I've been thinking about for three or four days now is uh, when you were going to be on the show, I needed to talk to you about how all I've been seeing in almost every headline for the last last three or four days is this one-two punch uh, Thanksgiving duck and cover and get the heck out of the yeah. way. Except Chicago. We had really high winds right. that did some damage. Yeah. But other than that. It's rain. Yeah, it was minimal, though. Yeah, it it was really minimal. was minimal. In the scheme of things, we didn't get hit by this storm. I was listening to KOTA yesterday in South Dakota, and they were had, they had blizzard warnings uh, in Rapid City, South yeah. Dakota. Well, we got we got hit with a storm. It was just on the warm side. So from a standpoint of if the rain that would have fallen yesterday occurred with an Arctic air mass, we would have been looking at four to five inches of snow on the ground, yeah. followed by, you know, some rain and maybe some sleet on top of that. So the rain snow line basically was from about Gaylord, Michigan, to about Green Bay, just to the north of Minneapolis. And then you kind of went south to about say, Omaha out to the Rapid City, where they did have, you know, 30 to 40 mile-per-hour winds, which qualifies mm-hmm. that as a blizzard. Uh, but even the Denver area was on the backside of the system, uh, which was number two. So storm system number one came through uh, last Tuesday. That kind of moved north of us. We had a little bit of rain out of that. This was storm number, I guess, three, if you want to call it that, because uh-huh. there was another one before that that went through the West Coast and dumped a bunch of snow in the mountains. But by and large... Most of the big cities, as you just alluded to, Mike, 
basically missed this, um, even though the New York City will get about two or three inches of snow late tonight into tomorrow. Much of today should be rain, but let me tell you something. When I was leaving my parents' house early this morning, and it's raining on the windshield at 21 degrees, that's not very comforting, is it? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. And uh, <laughs> we we got a uh, uh, David Perling, a friend of the show, lives out uh, near San Diego. He says, here's an interesting weather fact relating to the recent three days of rain we had here in San Diego. And San Diego does not get a lot of rain. Um, no, about 10, 12 inches a year. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, my rain gauge in Chula Vista collected 2.8 inches of rainfall. If that amount fell, yeah. if if that amount fell over our entire San Diego County, uh, and it probably did, the total amount of water is astronomical. Two hundred twenty billion gallons fell in the three days. That's enough to fill mm-hmm. one one point four trillion twenty ounce bottles of water. It would fill enough railroad tank cars to make a train that would stretch around the world three and a half times. So there you go. <laughs> Fun with fun with numbers. Fun right? with numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, David, for, um, for those. Yeah, and, and and here's here's some fun with numbers. We look back on November 2019. We ended up nearly six and a half degrees below normal. I have not yet figured out where that stands um, from all time. You know, coldest. I could do that a little bit later and send it to you. But we finished up with about two inches of water, uh, mm-hmm. which again keeps us at I think the fifth wettest year of all time. Um, and we could actually be in for some more precipitation later on the week. But uh, thankfully, for those people that don't like ice or snow, it'll be in the form of rain. So even though we'll get somewhat of a sprinkled mist of rain and wet snow tonight, there's really not going to be any accumulation. And by and large, the pattern has shifted from one of Arctic air to very, very wavy cyclones moving across the United States uh, with rain, wet snow, sleet, all those kind of things. But most of them, as you've seen the last couple of days north of us, uh, and the next one looks like it will be a wet one as well. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. You And thank you for the uh, the slideshow you send uh, to us each week. <laughs> I was I was I was sitting at home looking at it yesterday, and the what I the, the take I got from it was that we're not likely to have uh, a large snow event in the next three to four weeks. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think we've got to be careful about, you know, the level of confidence. I think the next seven days, it's like 90%. Um, between 8 and 14 days, it's probably about 60%. And between 15 and 28 days, it's probably about 30 to 40%. And obviously all that depends on how, you know, these little systems come through. But overall, when you look at the overall what we call wave pattern across the northern hemisphere, sometimes when you get into, like, say, these two or three wave patterns, some places can stay really warm for a while. Some places can stay really, really cold and dry. It's almost like a seven-wave pattern, meaning that all of the waves are very short waves, which does two things. It gives you a lot of variability weather-wise, but it's only variability from a standpoint of a wet or dry. You're not going to be very cold. So when you have this very wavy pattern with very fast westerly flow, the Arctic air basically stays up over the North Pole. So that's one of the reasons why you can go with a little bit more confidence longer term is that there's not going to be much in the way of Arctic air. Mm -hmm. But are we going to be stormy over the next seven to ten days? Yes, but it's going to be still on the warm side and the wet side of things as well.
but that's a really good point that is as long as the the uh, the arctic jet stream is, arctic, right. is not pulling down here so as you say we, you know we might get we might get some snow but don't look for one of those blasts and in one of those superstorms right and and again i think this goes back to what i talked about you know back in uh, early november was the pattern that we were in was pretty much left over from the summertime and also from the active northern tier stream of the jet stream, which was influenced, believe it or not, by typhoons. And once we kind of got that out of our system, now we're getting into more of a uh, what we call progressive westerly flow, which means a lot of days of clouds and precipitation. But again, everything seems to be coming off the West Coast. And as long as that continues to happen, we'll actually stay mild. I would not be surprised if we can go back to being close to 50 degrees around here by Saturday, if not even mid-40s. Hmm. Uh, and I think we'll probably have more days in the 40s than we'll have in the 20s. Because remember, we were cold back in November. Right. That wasn't yeah. even December. That was like January weather. Well, we, we did this the other year where we had a blast of snow early and then yep. nothing, nothing, oh, nothing. Yeah. And then, and then we, the end of January, we got really hammered. Oh, we got now. I know it's coming through real quickly here. So a little bit of rain mixed with snow tonight, but otherwise temperature is seasonal for the rest of the week. That's it. Okay, great. Right. And, and safe so, travels. And a wavy pattern, and maybe we'll get some rain and whatever. Okay, Rick, thank you so much. Have uh, Yeah, safe travels to you. Take care. Take care. All right, I want to thank uh, everybody in the show today, Mr. Skeet and Chris McCarthy, Rick DeMaio, Ellie. Yes, even Andrew. I want to thank everybody. Uh, until next time, go green or go home. Alan! Alan! Yes, Alan! Uh, what? Alan! Alan! Yes, it's all. Al! Alan! How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Alan! Well, you didn't miss Alan! Much. Alan! Alan!